Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host as always, the Mug, your co-host, the Pope. The Modler is with us as well, and Statsman has popped in also. Of course, we take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the NRL and the AFL season. And it's a big welcome back to the program, to the Pope. Thanks for having me, Mug. Life is good, isn't it? 26 degrees in Melbourne, spring sit early, T-shirt shorts, and I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by three of the 19 people in Melbourne who can afford to fly to Brisbane this weekend. So they say it's about the company you keep, and I'm very fortunate to be in affluent company tonight. Oh, not, not so sure about that, Pope. I don't think we had too many winners over the weekend, but um, it's nice of you to uh, say those kind words. Uh, it's a big welcome back to the program, to the modeler. Good to be here. Uh, yeah, then there were four, weren't there? Uh, AFL, NRL, and most importantly, the potty. Good to have uh, good to have our next uh, host along with us tonight. Yeah, absolutely, Mother. We are four this evening, and that's really important because uh, Statsman's going to talk to us and give us a bit of an update on some Gary Ayres and disposal. And it's a big welcome back to the program to the Statsman. Thank you, Mark. Very keen um, for next Monday to arrive. Really, the uh, the Christmas of punting. So, the best betting event in the world. Very keen for it to be here. Absolutely. Well, uh, good to have all the lads back together again. As we said, uh, boys, as it always is this time of year, it was another big weekend in the footy. And uh, Statsman, we'll maybe go up to you first with some thoughts on the AFL, but, um, but geez, just looks like Melbourne will sit back in the off season and just kick themselves that they've missed a really big opportunity. Yeah. I mean, coming in, it probably looks a pretty even final series. I think week one, they were all really close um, in the odds and similar last week and it's delivered a couple of cracking games. I think, yeah, as you said, the D's um, really sort of threw that one away and should have got up and GWS very impressive against Port. Uh, probably mainly won that game in a in a blitz in the was it the second or third quarter uh, where they put on five goals pretty quick. But um, yeah, impressive from them. Tough to win on the road, and they've been playing knockout games for you know six, seven, eight weeks or whatever it's been in a row. So really impressive that they've maintained it um, as long as they have. Yeah, absolutely, Modler. Um, I know you and plenty of other modelers out there are all aboard the GWS train. Um, pretty sure you tipped them up on the weekend to get the chocolates over there as well. Um, we'll talk to it when we get to AFL, but uh, how did you see them on the weekend? And um, and maybe a little prelude into your betting uh, coming up. Uh, do, do you think they have a chance this weekend? Uh, yeah, they, they uh really good game on the Saturday night, wasn't it? Um, uh to go over to, to Port Adelaide and to Adelaide and, and beat Port at home uh, in a final, yeah, it's no mean feat. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but I don't think I'll be jumping off them uh, just yet. Um, yeah, managed to be on them last week. I'm on them for the, I got on them on uh, the futures as well, just before the final started as well. So I'll uh, definitely my best result for the finals, and yeah, I'll, I'll be cheering them home for sure. Yeah, nice model. I think they were thirties, the early thirties, maybe. Yeah, I think I got. 30s, yeah. yeah, yeah, nice one, Modler. Uh, very good. And uh, Pope, we'll come over to you. Um, maybe give us a bit of a, a bit of a sense of how things went down in the NRL. Well, Storm lucky to be playing this weekend. I think it's fair to say. I think Roosters were probably a better team and benefited from um, a couple of dubious refereeing decisions that have been well documented. Storm were mugs, so they're, they're probably fortunate to be preliminary final weekend and it's a little bit unusual to see them, such big outsiders, which we'll touch on, but um, they're there and Warriors were very impressive over in over the ditch in New Zealand on the other half of the jaw. So unlike the AFL, we've got the top four teams for the regular season in preliminary final weekend, which is probably a good result, Mug. It's probably what you, what you expect and the best chance of getting your best preliminary final games, I think. And Knights, uh, no good, Pope, or Warriors, too good? What what was the story over there? Yeah, a bit of an ambush mug. Uh, Warriors came out of the gates hard on a parochial home crowd, jumped out the 16-0 lead, and um, Knights looked a bit shell-shocked. But I think 
the ten in a row, like maybe Bridge Too Far's been up a long time, and it's it's hard to stay up for three months, isn't it? So I think the Knights maybe had that, and Kalen Ponga, they relied so heavily on him, and he probably, as it turns out, wasn't full fitness. So good run for them, winning ten in a row. But um, so like going over there, in New Zealand, the whole country's behind them at the moment, Warriors and that. Um, they were very impressive. So a little bit bridge too far for the Knights, but good season nonetheless, I think, from where they were. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, boys, we better just uh, have a quick chat about our betting review. Modler, how did you go? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Uh, started with the league, which was no good. Uh, had the Knights. I like them. I, I made that game pretty much pick them, so definitely no good in that one. But then in the AFL, I uh, was on both the outsiders. So Carlson on the Friday nights and... GWS on the Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I think I had three outsiders and two ended up two ended up getting up. So, uh, good result there. Well done, Modler. Uh, very good, mate. Seeing them well. And uh, Pope, yourself? Yeah, no good at all, Mug. Uh, for the second week in a row, unfortunately, I had a player injury go against myself and the listeners from Time Podcast. So, Jerome Hughes moved the needle negatively from our perspective. I think I was saying first half margins on the podcast last week and... That line was about seven and a half, and really, um, without Jerome Hughes, that game changed in probably how it's always going to play, and that that affected that. Um, but as I say, Roosters were very good. Uh, also had the overs in that game, which didn't really look like it. So fairly low scoring affair at Amy, SGM as well. We had Hughes in that as well, so that was void early. And then I also liked the Knights, and as touched on, they were links behind the Warriors, so nowhere near it on Saturday. And same with the SGM in that game. So really, zero from five for me. Yeah, okay, Pope. Uh, well, thank you for being open and honest with the listeners there. And for myself, um, I think I was putting up a, a small bet on Melbourne, uh, which uh, obviously didn't get up, and Modler uh, took the chocolates there with Carlton. But the other one I liked was the Carlton under, and uh, I think I was tipping up 75, under 75 and a half there, and that one came through. So uh, hopefully some of the listeners were able to get onto that one. Uh, I, I, I tipped Port, but I uh, did alert the listeners that I wasn't going to be backing them. So uh, probably just the one from two, hopefully with a bit of a stronger lean to that Carlton under, uh, which also meant, boys, on our charity bets, uh, we pretty much, I think we made a $1.92 uh, from our 200 state uh, on, on the weekend. So um, we pretty much just held sway, which has got us about 220 up uh, versus about 2,200 wagered uh, so far. So uh, we're still going, still going okay, you know, uh, around that 10% mark, but um but obviously we want to finish with the flurry boys and see if we can't get a monkey in the hands of passing on clothing. So that has to be the aim over the next couple of weeks. Uh, boys, we'll go to bad beats. Statsman, do you have one for the listeners? Um, not, yeah, not for my own punting, but you'd have to be pretty stiff if you back the D's um, head to head, especially even the line. Um, yeah. The inaccuracy, the, the missed opportunities, um, yeah, you'd be pretty hard done by being on Melbourne, I think, would be the, the standout for me. Yeah, fair enough, stats man. I would uh, absolutely concur with that one, and I was on Melbourne, so uh, <laughs> I'd agree with that. Uh, Modler? Yeah, nothing uh, Nothing really jumped out for me either. Probably just to um, jump on uh, stats man's team. The Ds, if you have to back them in any futures markets as well, like week one and week two of the finals, they, they both – both times they seriously sort of underperformed compared to expectation. You look at expected scores and all those kind of things. Um, yeah, and, you know, losing a couple of close games and going out in straight sets. Um, yeah, not uh, not a huge bad beat maybe, but, uh, yeah, might, might be enough. Uh, Pope? Nothing from our domestic codes, Mug, but there was a high-profile one over in the NFL, and we turned into a bit of an NFL podcast last week, so we'll continue that theme. But... San Francisco 49ers, LA Rams. Lawn was seven and a half there. Rams down by 10, last play of the game. Nothing really to play for. And what is seemingly, and I've read enough to, to view this as an unusual decision, Rams took a field goal to finish the game to take their 10-point loss to seven and cover that seven and a half. So if you're on the minus seven and a half, that's a bad bet. But I think uh, traditionally you throw a Hail Mary if you're the Rams and, and hope for the best. But no, they took the three points to... Go for a respectable seven-point loss. So the minus is uh, a bad beat for those punters. 
Yeah. Is it possible, Pope, you uh, you heard that from a, a minus punter? Uh, yeah, I, I did probably have a minus slant to it, what I read. Uh, what I read, Statsman. And uh, yeah, playing the percentages uh, for percentage early in the season. And I think there was, a, there was a big Hail Mary, I think, in the Broncos game too, wasn't there, which I'm sure left a few uh, punters uh, reeling, no doubt. Um, boys, um, we might actually just uh, address a couple of the uh, comments uh, from the uh, Twitter sphere or the X sphere, as it's uh, now known. I think um, Zav... Uh, and I think we have to take this a bit tongue-in-cheek because he's a big pies man, Zav. How much do we put on the Giants for the flag? It's guaranteed, yeah? They're favourites and have basically already won this week after winning two finals against team who were in excellent health, form, and mental state. Award the cup already. So uh, have the Giants just got the uh, the flag um, in the bag already, boys? I'm a I'm a Richmond man, Mug, and all I remember from 2019 is there's a big, big sounds, um, and that big, big sound went pretty quiet halfway through the first quarter. So, um, yeah, I can relate with Zav on that one. Uh, everyone gets behind the Giants. I think they we want to see them succeed, and uh, to be fair, not many non-Collingwood supporters would be cheering the Pies home at the moment. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, true. That uh, stats ban. Uh, all right, boys. Well. Uh... Very good. We've had a little chat there. I reckon we should just get into some games and uh, and talk all things around them. And then, of course, our Pope will jump over to Statsman and uh, get his breakdown of where we're at with some of these different finals markets. Yeah, superb. Uh, let's get started and I'll leave it to you three to paint the Sistine Chapel here. So just give me the odds. Friday night at 7.50pm, Colin will take on GWS. 11.5 is the line mug. Dollar fifty three the buys two fifty GWS total points one hundred sixty seven and a half. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'm going against the narrative uh, a little bit here. Um, I think the betting world is going to come for the Giants here, and I think uh, Modler and his merry band of modlers are uh, are going to come for the Giants. So I think we could actually see some price movement here, especially after teams, but. Um, but Pope, I've still got the Pies rated a good couple of points uh, better than the Giants. So, and and look, maybe my ratings are a bit slow to adjust. Um, you know, we we talk about that through the whole year, the recency bias, and not not jumping at shadows too quickly. So maybe I've I've got too much of a lag. But as I mentioned, I've still got that gap between the Pies and the GWS. And then I reckon normally I'd be applying eight to nine points home ground advantage here uh, for uh, Collingwood at the MCG against the Giants. And I can only think, Pope, that that home ground advantage has to be bigger in this game. You know, this is a real unique environment. And Statsman will no doubt remember 2017 when uh, Richmond took on the Giants uh, in the prelim final. And I was at that game, Pope, and that was something else. You got 95,000 there and 90,000 of them are cheering for the one team. I actually looked it up, Pope. The MCG is the 11th biggest stadium in the world. And, uh, and there's about nine stadiums before that that are all college stadiums. Um, so I reckon this is one of the most rarest events in top-line sport anywhere in the world where you get 90,000 people actually cheering for the one team. And that's got to have some sort of impact. I know the Giants have been a play anywhere, any you know, against anyone, win anywhere sort of team, but I don't know. That, that, that has to mean something. So... That advantage, that home ground advantage, I think is every bit of that 9-10. I already have them a few points apart. I've got it at 13, uh, even with the changes for Dacos and Adams. I think the market moves a bit for Giants. So if you like the pies, I think you can hold on. I won't be having a bet in the game. I'm, I'm heavily invested on either side for futures. So I feel like I'm just betting against myself. Um, but if any, I after market move, I'll probably would favor the pies. I'll go to Statsman next because I know 2017 holds a special place in his half and heart. And it was also where we probably saw a changing of the bat and logical one heavily doubted. Statsman 2017 and his view for Richmond for the flag. So that's when we probably saw the master or the apprentice become the master. Statsman, how are you seeing this one? And don't I bring that up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't have much to add. I think everything Mug said is 100% on the mark. I won't be getting involved because I'm heavily invested in the pies for the flag uh, and 
very heavily invested in GWS not winning the flag, um, but I would be on the pies if I didn't have a position going in. I do agree. I, th- I think, like, for me, um, I think what you just said, Pope, uh, Ree, the the uh, Warriors versus the Knights is on point, um, that you just get to a point where it's a bridge too far when you've been playing knockout game after knockout game and you're up every week and GWS have had two pretty tough games in finals. Uh, there's going to come a point, and for me, it's it's next week where I'd probably get involved. I think if they play Brisbane or Carlton, especially Brisbane uh, at the G and the Granny, I, I could see Brisbane doing a, a 2019 grand final to them. Um, this week, yeah, like I said, I'll stay out, but it could be this week and they could get it done by by a lot, I think. So, um, yeah, I'd probably suggest playing some margins either this week or next week if you are going to get involved would be my um, would be my tip. Uh, Mo, though, you sort of teased it earlier, but which way are you landing in this game? Yeah, I'm going to go against the uh, trend here, I guess. I'm liking GWS for the third final in a row here. Uh, I've got them pretty short against the market. I've got them 210, so a decent edge into that um, 250 there. Um, you know, the, all the model can see is the form that they've had. You know, they've probably been the best form team in the comp for the last 10 or 12 weeks or so. Um, yeah, so... I can kind of see why it's come up with that price. Yeah, Dacos and Adams out. Um, no other real movement uh, to plug in at the moment. Um, yeah, GWS for mine. And did that, just a question for you, Mother, did that have much impact on price, Adams in uh, Adams out, Dacos in, or was it fairly a, a, a fairly neutral result? Uh, oh, Adams is a, is a, is a uh, plus coming in over, yeah, with Adams out. Oh, sorry, Dacos is a plus, sorry, I should yeah. say. Yeah, with, with Adams out, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I for whatever it's, what it's worth, I sort of rated those guys as being similar. Like, I think Dacos is definitely, you know, he's probably five, six-point player. But uh, coming off a layoff, I think you maybe have to temper that. And, and I really rate Adams. I, I think he's so important to what the pies do. So, for me, I, I sort of I, I mark that as a bit of a neutral result just because of the layoff uh, for for Dacos. And, and Modo, I think you, you mentioned form there. That's probably one of the things that scares me off from from betting the pies here as well. Just the pies form um, is not great, to be honest. You know, they had losses against um, against Carlton, losses against Hawthorne. They scraped over Geelong. Um, they lost to Brisbane. Uh, then they've had that win against Essendon, which I don't think – uh, anyone really rates, and then they probably should have lost to Melbourne. So it's not an overly impressive form line for the Pies, whereas the res- reverse of that is is the GWS are going really well. So there are quite a few variables of this game that sort of that doesn't really grab me as a betting game, to be honest. Margaret, tell me, do you sort of watch GWS play the last couple of weeks? Hadn't seen them a lot through the regular season, but there doesn't look to be too many weaknesses there at the moment. What's what's changed? Like obviously they've um, come from a long way back in terms of where they were early in the season. I think uh, you know new coach coming in, they've gotten used to their game style, and I think you're right, Pope. I think they are pretty strong across the across the field. I think probably their forward line with Hogan and and Riccardi probably Hogan's had a, a decent year. Don't get me wrong, but that's probably not their strongest point. Their strongest point is their runoff halfback, their ability to win the ball one-on-one in the back line and their mids are strong. Um, but I would say probably normally their forward line hasn't been as strong. And I think you could potentially overplay the success of their forward line over the last two weeks against St Kilda and Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide were listless up, down, back, uh, which probably made, you know, Hogan's nine-mark game really stand out on the weekend. So I think, I think it's a little bit of different gravy for those GWS forwards coming up against uh, the Pies backs this week. But you're right, Pope, they're, they're going good, mate. You, it's it's hard, to, it's hard to knock them. Yeah, it is. Uh, and as you can all, but they look very good for the past fortnight. Uh, Mother, I'll start with you here as we go to Brisbane on... Saturday Twilight, and um, this looks like a topsport.com market move of the week to me. Lions style 33, Carlton $3.30, Lion 19.5, total points 165.5, Modler. Yeah, I was a bit surprised that I think they opened up about $3 on the Saturday night or Sunday, uh, the, the Blues, and they've actually drifted out a bit. I, I would have thought just the, the sort of recreation money, if you like, would have been enough to. to you know, see that price come in, but they're they're drifting. If anything, they're out to three thirty now at Toppy. Um, 
uh, looks like the Lions get Gunston in, uh, Payne might drop out, and then the Blues likely get back McKay and Martin. Um, yeah, I'm liking the Blues here. I've got them 275. Uh, so we're getting a pretty decent edge into that 330. Um, I'm not sure, given it's a final sort of, normally I'd split the handicap in the head to head. Yeah, probably still will here, but maybe not quite as much on the handicap as I usually would. Maybe like a 60 40 split uh, on that 19 and a half and the, and the 330. Modler on the team with momentum for the second preliminary final. Uh, stats man, can Carlton give Brisbane a bit of heartache up at the Gabba Saturday evening? Uh, they could, but uh, yeah, there's no edge for me at the price. It's a bit of a, um, yeah, just see what happens kind of game. I've, I've got some views around how to play around that game in outrights, but uh, but nothing on the game itself. Mug, leading in the qualifying final, you indicated Brisbane maybe not as highly rated or in your eyes or not as going as well as what maybe everyone thinks they are. Do you concur leading into this game? Yeah, I, I do, Pope. I, I mean, I'm not that impressed with all of them, to be honest. You know, like I, I think it's one of the weakest um, top fours that we've seen uh, for some yeah, time wow. with, with no real uh, dominant or standout teams. Um, you know, you, you definitely make the case for Collingwood in the first half of the year. You know, they, they were they were dominant. You know, they, they were – but they're not that team at the moment. And, um, and I don't know, Brisbane um, – I think we'll see maybe in the first or second quarter that we, we might sort of think, geez, Carlton, Carlton are a chance here. But uh, Brisbane do have that ability at the Gabba to just put the foot down and go, and, uh, you know, put on six or eight, you know, frozen starts going up in the stands. Uh, Country road starts belting out and all of a sudden uh, she, she's all over. But uh, I'm a bit like the modeler here though, Pope. I mean, my number uh, with McKay and Martin back into that uh, team. And, uh, you know, from a, from a rating point of view, you know, I give those boys a little bit coming back into the side. I think Martin's really important for them. You got the home ground advantage, obviously. I do have uh, Brisbane and and Carlton a little bit apart, but I I can still find myself around that sort of 13, 14 number. And um, you know, if I was just betting the way that I would normally, I'd be uh, I'd be really considering uh, a bet on the Blues here. But going back to what Statsman said about GWS, this game could be just a bridge too far. You know, the Blues, you got Doherty who's dislocated his shoulder and has to be sore. You got Akers who's carrying his collarbone. And um, and I think I put it on the group text. I mean, that that first 10 minutes of that game the other night was ferocious. You know, that was that was real intense stuff. So I just wonder if it's uh just maybe too much for the blues. And um yeah, for that reason, Pope, I I stay out, but um I actually think if, if I was going to have a bet on the game, I know it's against my number. I'd, I'd probably just bet Brisbane 40 plus, to be honest. Like I, I just, I wouldn't even worry about that. I almost think if Brisbane are going to win by more than 19, they'll probably win by 40, you know, like um, that's, that's how this game might, uh, might play out. I think that total Pope, um, that's probably worth a go on the over. I, I almost feel there might be a bit of, bi- a bit of recency bias in that number with the Carlton totals. If, if you, Go back and review those games. I mean, it was a heavily contested game, and we always thought it was going to be pretty low last week. But the week before, very wet, uh, tough to score in those conditions. Gabba games, you know, we've seen them go up, up, you know, up, up over the number a fair bit. I think it was I was having a look earlier. Sixteen out of twenty-four for the year have cleared that uh, one sixty-five. Uh, I think if you if you're really looking for a bet here, um, I don't mind the over one sixty-five here. Super. A uh, little bit of betting review, then I'll hand it over, hand the reins over, Mug. But really, um, you say upside in Brisbane is your probably major play and modeler, very keen on the two underdogs, GWS and Carlton. Yeah, and uh, and Pope, I I probably won't uh, I probably won't be betting the 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 Brisbane over, but I just think if that's yeah. if that's a you know that Brisbane forty plus, but I just think if you're if you're tonguing for a bet somewhere, I think that's not the worst idea in the world. Um, but I, I will bet the total Pope. Um, so happy to put that uh, total over and um, and put that up as a bet. Superb. Um, might just pivot on to some finals exotics and Brownlow, do you think, Mug? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just following on from that Carlton discussion, um, Statsman, I think you had something to say around the uh, maybe the premiership price for the Blues and how that actually might be a better bet uh, rather than uh, maybe the head-to-head. Yeah, uh, I think we were discussing this maybe last week. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, the, the Carlton price for the flag is, I think, just mathematically wrong. Um, so for the listeners, the, there's a pretty easy way to work out uh, what the essential grand final odds are for a team, and that is to take their premiership odds and just divide it by their odds to win this week, and that will give you their average expected price for the grand final. Uh, for Carlton, you've got, I think, 880 uh, last I looked on Betfair, and they're 330 now at top sport to win this week, which makes them about 265 in the grand final. Um, you know, there's a, a decent chance they're playing Collingwood. Based on ratings and uh, lack of home ground advantage, they're probably a bit shorter than that against the Pies, even at the at the MCG. Uh, and then there's, you know, a pretty reasonable chance, about nearly a 40% chance, according to the, the odds, uh, that they play the Giants, where they'd be um, even shorter, you know, probably $2 or thereabouts. So the real price in the grand final is probably somewhere around 230 240 average. Uh, and that means that um, essentially their premiership price would be about $7.80, um, something like that. So the $8.80 is bigger uh, and therefore a bet. So if you like Carlton, but don't like, uh, yeah, if you don't think the value's there this week, then back him for the flag. Otherwise, if you want to back him in both, you can, uh, but probably better off back him for the flag. Nice. Uh, so Statsman, um, updates on Gary Ayres, disposals, which way do you want to go? Yeah, sure. We can do those. Uh, we'll start with, I'll, I'll just do a bit of a recap of what we've backed. Um, I've lost my sheet that I put it all down on, so I'll, I'll go off memory, but I know most goals, uh, we haven't gone well. We had Papley at big odds and I think Elliot and Majacek who, they're not dead in the water, uh, but they're a fair way behind now. So, uh, there is one that I'm looking at in that market. I there's only one bet I could find, and that is, and I remember you mentioned this two weeks ago, Charlie Kerno. Um, he was favourite at about $7, I think, which was way too short going into finals. But now he's kicked two goals in two games, uh, and he's at $18. The leader is on six, I think, which is Joe Danaher. Uh, or no, might not be Danaher. Hogan, sorry. Hogan's on six. Jack Danaher's on five. Um, he's only four behind. So obviously Carlton will need a win this week for this to be any chance. But if they do win this week, there's a pretty good chance that Kerno's kicked four. Um, and they're $3.30 to win this week. You add on a bit for Kerno kicking four. All of a sudden, he'll be potentially odds on going into the granny. So... Um, yeah, I, I can make that a bet. There's obviously other ways he can do it as well. He could kick two this week and six in the granny, etc. There's a lot of connotations. So I think the $18, not a huge bet, but half a stake there is worth playing into. Um, and then most disposals, we've gone well so far in most disposals with, uh, we had a few bets, I think Goulden, Walsh and uh, the and Chera. So Chera and Goulden are, are cooked, but Walsh is um, equal favourite now. So he's on 62. Tom Green and Whitfield are on 64. I don't think there's anyone else that can win. So currently the books have those three at a bit less than 100%. I think they should be more than 100%. So less than 100% means that if you backed all of them um, and it had to be one of those three that won, you're guaranteed to make money. So most markets are priced or all markets are priced above 100%. Uh, So in this one, I think the bookies aren't taking enough between those three. Uh, and the one for me is Tom Green. So he's at 275. They're all about the $3 mark. He's slightly shorter. I think he's a more reliable ball winner than Whitfield, who's on 64 as well, especially in a grand final when it gets contested. Whitfield might struggle a bit more. Um, I think Green won't. Uh, and also, GWS are more likely to win just trusting the odds than Carlton are this week. So uh, with that said, yeah, it means Walsh is probably a little bit too short. He's already behind these two, and he's not going to play this week. No one from Brisbane or Collingwood can win unless they have stupid amounts, so you can rule those guys out. Um, yeah, so for me, Tom Green's at 275, and I'm happy to to back that. I think that's a big price. That's uh, uh, that's awesome, Statsman. And um, maybe another thing that might even play into that too, Statsman, if, if Whitfield has another big game, 
this week and the Giants win, you could almost see a side putting a bit of work into him in the grand final. Whereas Tom Green might be sort of one of those guys that is almost a bit of an untaggable type of player that, that, you know, he's just such so big in the body that they might not actually worry about trying to, trying to tag him. So yeah, mate, I really, really love that, um, that, that, uh, that angle there. It's a great point. And I think as well with, um, with Whitfield, Collingwood, tend to if they bring the pressure they brought last week they don't give up the easy backwards sideways kicks that he can benefit from so yeah even this week you could see green going bigger um but yeah we are on walsh in that at i think it was 34 dollars we backed him at so we're in a good position and it's kind of a hedge onto onto tom green uh and then yeah i think actually that gary is Perhaps Statsman or yeah, so Gary Ayres, I, I couldn't find any bets there. So we're on um we backed Walsh in that and there are a couple of others, but Walsh is the one who's gone well. Uh we backed him at fifty one dollars. He's into about two fifty now, I think. Um it's so uh for any listeners that are unaware, in the grand final you get one point five times your coach's votes for the Gary Ayres. So you can make up a bit, you can get up to fifteen if you're clear best on ground. Walsh is currently on 18, uh, Tom Green's on 12, Josh Kelly 10, McCluggage 10, Canelio 10. So if GWS win and Carlton lose, um, it's fair to say you'd expect one of those GWS guys to be pretty close to Walsh and then they'd be playing in a grand final where they get 1.5 times their votes. Um, the tricky part is because there's three of them right up there, it's tough to know which one to back uh, and there's enough margin taken out of this market to for me, not really think there's anything that's worth backing there. Um, no one, like Lockie Neal would be one you'd maybe look to, or Nick Dacos or Ducoey, but they're all on zero, so they've got their work cut out and they're short enough. So no bet there for me. Um, I would say it may be worth considering cashing out of Sam Walsh, um, given that they're pretty likely to lose and there's a decent chance that his GWS guys take take him on. So if you can cash out and you did back him at 50 to one, I would consider that. Um, but yeah, no bets for me in that market. Uh, so a cash out versus a bet around stats, man, in that instance. Yeah. Cause I think Walsh's price is short, probably too short to the point where the cash out can be value. Yep. Uh, generally I wouldn't recommend cashing out, but if a price is short enough and, and it's really short, then I would So in this case, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be suggesting the cash out. Yep. Okay. Very good. And uh, Statsman, any, uh, anything else, any sort of additions to Brownlow or further thoughts there? Uh, no, I was hoping there would be a bit more in the Brownlow space, but honestly haven't found much. Um, they got a lot of the markets up early and of the new ones, I didn't see a lot. Um, a recap from the main markets was we backed Bont. Um, the price is still there at about 330 uh, we had four units on that, and we we're also backing Lockie Neal at about 15. He's 16.50 now at Betfair, so I think we had um, one unit on that from memory. Um, and yeah, there were a bunch of others, but uh, go back to the podcast from two weeks ago, and you can get all those. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, anything else there, mate? No, that covers it. Awesome, mate. That's a a great little wrap there for us, uh, Statsman. So thank you very much for that. Now we better get over to uh, God's great game and uh, talk about the one where they throw it backwards. Uh, boys, I hope you're ready. I hope you've bought the A game. Um, not not great games looking on paper, Pope, but, um, but let's hope prelim final weekend throws us up something special. We've got the Panthers at uh, at a core stadium, $1.18, minus 12, and uh, Storm 480 back the other way. Pope, can we find anything for our Storm? I'd love to, Mark. I'd genuinely love to i just struggle to see it i, I do like my they're just not playing that well either side of the ball they're touching on it at the start of the show they were lucky i thought against the roosters last week their defense has been a problem all year and the struggle score points in the final jerome hughes is back this week for all intents and purposes so that's a positive but the good players just don't look to be playing well enough for me it'll take something that i'm struggling to see something pretty remarkable for them to to get up here. The, maybe the consolation is two years ago, this was the reverse matchup that Storm were about 10 and a half, 11 and a half point favorites in the 2021 prelim. 
And Penrith didn't look to have a hope. They had injuries, so they were struggling at that juncture and they won 10-6 um, in a low-scoring fest. So it's possible. I just I just trouble to see it. Through a betting perspective, I can see them being this maybe early in the first half. I think they might be up for it. Emotion might carry them to a certain point and that might keep them in the contest for a while, but I can see Penrith running away with this. So... The bet I would probably take here is Penrith's second half, 13-plus, which is about $3.50, would be the way I would play this one, I think. Um, they're, they're just too relentless, Penrith. So I think they get on top at some juncture. I could probably see that be the second half. You don't want to get too cute with these things, but I, I can see them running away with this um, in the second half. And there's a bit upside. When your season's over, um, you can sort of... It can sort of all get a bit too much for you and that can career away from you pretty quickly. So I like that bet in this game. That's probably my dominant play here, I would think. Yeah. Um, Modler, do you concur? Can you uh, find something for our Storm? Or as Pope has suggested, do the Panthers just uh, put it all over the Storm? Yeah, it seems that way. Like, I, I can't find a bet here. I've got... Uh, Melbourne at five bucks, so just over the market there at 480. Um, yeah, like Panthers get back blue eye as well, which is obviously a big boost oh, for them. Okay, so he, the shoulder's all, all good to go, is it? He, he's been named. I, I imagine that means he's playing. I'm not sure if there's anyone on the bench or the reserves who might come in. Um, but yeah, he's, he's definitely been named at 58. Um, so looks like he's, he's going to play. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, as it stands, that bench for me at the moment. Well, he's done well to uh, to get back uh, for this game just in time uh, for the grand final. Um, Pope, we know that the Penrith defence are very strong. We know that Storm have been pretty woeful on the road and have struggled to score points. Um, I know you mentioned there that Panthers could run away in the second half. What about a first half total under? Yeah, well, even take the total points under. I think that's that's. It's almost like rehearsed his mug, but I do like that bet. There is a, there is a history of prelims being fairly low-scoring affairs at, at times. Like they can be really, really tight. So your twelve fours, your ten sixes, that can happen. I, I know I've said thirteen plus, so this is a little bit contradictory, but the two can be true at the same time. That 38, 39 in a Penrith game this year is a lot. Um, and as I say, like this, this could be a game that. At our core, like it's it's not really a prolific throw the football around venue. So yeah, it could certainly happen. I I like the unders generally. I think might be the safer play than again. I I think you can get a bit cute with first half unders. I'd maybe just go the total points under. It gives you a little bit of a safety net with that thirteen plus for Penrith in the second half as well. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you uh, there, Pope. Um, we go over to the second game. And that's on the Saturday night, and we've got the Broncos in uh, in home territory here, and they're I think they're going to be pretty tough to beat as well. A dollar twenty seven minus ten and a half, and the Warriors uh, making the big trip up three seventy five back the other way, and we, we're dollar nineties all all uh, all around here from topsport.com.au. Um, Modler first, Modler, what say you? Yeah, can't find a bet here um, either. So. I've sort of opposed the Warriors the last the last long while, I should say. Um, but at least, yeah, the model's not opposing them, but it's definitely not going for them either. I've, I've got them at uh, 380, so again, just above the market there. Uh, if they drifted a bit more come game time, I might be tempted for a, for a half stake. But, um, yeah, no play on the NRL for me this week at this stage. Uh, that's a shame, Modler, but uh, we don't force bets here when they're not there. And uh, Pope... Can you find something for us? I'm going to say the same bet. I'm going to say second half, 13-plus Brisbane. I, I can, again, probably a little bit different the reasons, but some of these Brisbane guys only played once in a month. I don't know if that's as big an impact as it's made out to be, but I think in both codes where you've had players rest in the final round, then they win a qualifying final, miss week two. I don't know if it's as big a detriment as made it made out, but it can lead, to, I think, a little bit of rustiness. There's nerves. It's a huge occasion. I can see it's been tight early, in, but I think Brisbane's got too much firepower again. So Brisbane, 13-plus, second half for me. I can see them again running away with this. A little bit similar to probably what they did in, against the Storm. Um, 
and they've done a few times this year. I just think they've got too many points in them for the Warriors and might be a little bit of a mirage last week. Parochial home crowd, they jumped out to a lead and that might mask a few underlying issues that were there the previous six weeks for the Warriors. And uh, if you're on the losing side, Pope, you don't want to be going home with bruises. Uh, you want to be able to get on the cans and uh, not have any impediments. So you can sort of see defence going out the window in the last 10 or 15 if you're already uh, down the gurgler. So I like those 13-plus plays in the second half. Wait, can we have a little cheeky multi-up of 13-plus, uh, uh, Pope, as well, do you think? or uh... No, let's do it. I think there's a fair bit upside in that approach. There is a risk of touched on that you get a little bit too cute with this this stuff, but um, I do I can see that angle and I, I think it's worth playing like then that that gives you about twelve dollars I think that's thirteen plus multi which I think is well worth a little bit of an investment. Well, hopefully our listeners uh, throughout the course of the year got a little bit in the kitty and can. Uh afford to uh, just throw a little bit on a couple of these games and, and watch a few of these at the bigger price. I know uh, Richard Drummond uh, messaged through to say that based off the back of the futures tips on the AFL, he's running into a grand final with uh, four winners. So, uh, so regardless of which way he goes on the, uh, on the premiership, he's uh, he's got them all covered uh, for, for a green. So he's quite happy and boys, we didn't mention it before, but the price is coming to you uh, from topsport.com. Dot au. Um, they've been in it for over 30 years. Very fair guys. Uh, great to deal with. And um, they've been great supporters of ours. I reached out to Tristan today just to uh, uh, touch base and uh, s- such a good guy and really uh, supportive of the industry. And, um, you know, they're, they're a good bunch of humans. So if you're looking to bet with someone, get to topsport.com.au. Pope, I think you mentioned last week that you might have some cheeky Clives and maybe even Statsman, I think, has done a bit of uh, finger uh, pressing of the buttons there uh, to uh, to give us some indications of some things that he might have seen as well. So, boys, I'll let you wax lyrical on some potential Clives and some some uh, futures on NRL. Yep, I'll get underway and then leave Statsman paint his pizza de restaurants. Um, first one is Liam Martin, Clive Churchill mug, $31 Penrith. Very short to win the premiership, about even money at the moment. So the angle I have here is, one, he's an 80-minute player. Two, and this goes a little bit against my theory for these major awards in big games, that he's not one of the spawn players, so your fullback, hooker or halves. But I think when you've won a medal, so clearly Dylan Edwards have both won the Clive Churchill medal in two years, the burden of proof that you need to win a second one is really high. So you've got to play an outstanding game. So that probably opens up some other possibilities. I don't see Luai really as a player who's winning Clive Churchill. I don't think he breaks games open. I don't see Mitch Kenny the hooker. So I think Lee Martin, who's an impactful player on their right edge, $31, I think is a really good bet to have at this juncture. I think Potentially, he goes off in single figures next week. So, um, thirty-one dollars, Lee Martin. Yeah, like it, Pope. And uh, he's crossed the line a few times this year too. The big fella. Yep, yep. So get a grand final try. He sort of hits people hard, so that has impact and plays a full game, which I think is a massive, massive factor when it comes to Clive Churchill voting. Nice. Statsman, anything to add there? Uh, I don't know about ads, but I'm I'm happy to throw some questions out for uh, Pope to answer. Uh, one one that stands out a little bit to me, Isaiah Yo seems to be second favourite nearly every year for Penrith, um, or or potentially in Origin too, and he never seems to be in the running from what I've seen. He's always thereabouts, but never stepping up. Is he too short, uh, Pope? Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's good. Shout out to I bought into the Isaiah Yo for these awards couple of years ago um, just because he's always there and thereabouts but he's sort of a 7 out of 10 guy like he's plays to a certain level but it's never really enough to change a game so on with you there's a bit of legacy in that price and I think it's probably the difference around him like Luai never feels like he can win it their hooker is serviceable so I think he's a little bit default you know, he's short by default. So, yeah, I think you're right that he's he has a cap on what he can achieve in these games and it's never been the best player on the ground. Sure. And then, yeah, and Cleary to me looks looks quite short. I've I got to say I haven't followed it as closely as I have in the past, but it's about the same price he was um, a year or two ago and 
he hasn't been as dominant this year from what I've seen. Is that an accurate um, statement or is he still sort of at that same level? Yeah, that's, I think that's pretty fair. Like the, the played slightly different. He played really well in the qualifying finals. So there's a recency element to that. But I think, again, there's a bit of legacy in his price. And to sort of touch on, I think it's, it's hard to win this a second time. Like he's going to have to be phenomenal, I think, to walk away with a second climb in three years. So um, I think, yeah, we, we look elsewhere and yeah, Liam, Liam Martin, I think, and an obvious candidate. But uh, Statsman, you are all over there. Two very good questions. Uh, I will put in my two cents then of what I'd be uh, backing and I'm, I'm happy to be criticised or disagree with because I am not going to claim to be an NRL expert. But uh, I still like Dylan Edwards um, just based on what I have seen. He does break lines and he's just a, a lot bigger than Cleary. Um, I, I take your point around winning two uh, being tricky, but that's essentially pricing him at you know $5 or thereabouts to be there. Uh, Clive Churchill medalist, so I probably could back him. Um, but the one I wanted to discuss that I brought up during the week was Dylan Edwards. Uh, sorry, Dylan Edwards, Reese Walsh for the Broncos. Seeing him in Origin, he was unbelievably good. I don't know how he goes week on week, but is he a big game player? And if so, is he's in for about thirty percent of Brisbane's percentage in the in the uh, Clive Churchill book? Is that high enough, or can you back him at eight fifty? Yeah, good. Yeah, I, uh, to answer the first part of the question, he he is a big game player. Like he played really well in Origin. He's he's got a little bit of rocks or diamonds about him, but they're the top sort sort of players that can win these awards too. Like they're going to break a game open. They're going to do something phenomenal, and he and he stands out. Like he's going to be, um, you know, like it, probably getting into subjective areas now. But he's got an appearance that's you know. Easy on the eye, it's in the way he plays, is easy on the eye, all those sort of things sort of matter. Um, and he's played, had a phenomenal year. So there's that element too that the history of his year can sort of carry in. And that's not just about your performance on the day, it can be about what you've done throughout the year. So I think I can get him higher. The, he'll, I don't know if he'll get to the 40% because there's other storylines in that team that make it hard. But in true pricing, I think he could be closer to. 3540. So, yeah, I, I think it's another good shout from you, Statsman. Um, there's a future for you in rugby league if you want it, um, if your horse racing venture falls apart. But that uh, that 850, I think, is well worth, is well worth a bet. Yeah. I'd, just, I'd do all right if they had the Clive Churchill and Norm Smith every week, but uh, unfortunately, that's not how it works. Uh, very good, boys. That's uh, absolutely fantastic. We'll have to, jeez. Uh, We'll have to have a bit of a chat about charity here and see if we can find one. Statsman, it's uh, it's it's almost unbelievable to think it's it's Brownlow on Monday, isn't it? It is. It's almost uh, unbelievable to think that that's uh, creeping up on us. We might have to even try and find some bets over here for our charity bets in the Brownlow potentially or in some uh, wider markets because I don't think we've got much action uh, happening. Or we'll uh, we'll touch base with the modeler again in a sec, but. Uh, We'll go back to NRL because that's fresh for us, uh, boys. I think Modler, you're you're all out on the uh, on the NRL from a view yeah. um, there, unfortunately. Um, Pope, uh, can we find some betting here? Where do we put our 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 clams? Yeah, let's let's go unders in Penrith, Melbourne. Yep, and just know- uh, that's just the total, the 39, uh, 39.5 under. Yeah, let's go. Let's go sixty on the unders. Yep. I'm trying to think what gets a definitive property, but sixty on the unders in that game. Yep. And I think let's go the other forty on Brisbane. Brisbane thirteen plus in the match. Thirteen plus in the match. Okay, Brisbane thirteen plus, which will give us just the other side of even money, I suppose. What two twenty two thirty Pope or more than that. No, we just find the market now, but it, it would be about that based on the 10 and a half line. Um, so look for the market at topsport.com.au. Yeah, two, mm, $2, $2.04. Two, oh, um, $2.04. Geez, Tristan's having a lend of us there, isn't he? Oh, bugger it. Let, let's just, let's go, let's go with Brisbane 13 plus second half. Let's plus second half. put right. our cards on the table. That's it. I love it. All right. Okay, so that's how we're playing there. We've got our 60 on the under 39 and a half. 
And we're uh, into the 13-plus second half Brisbane, uh, which is uh, going to give us a better number. Very good, Pope. And for AFL Modler, uh, what was your stronger there? What what, what did you prefer? Um, pretty close again. Um, I know you were keen on the pies, but, yeah, I'm probably closer. I'm not – no, I, I wouldn't say that, Modler. I wouldn't say that I'm – Keen on them, I would just say that my num my normal rating numbers would say that I'd and and that's look I'm pretty I'm not far off market at the moment. I feel that that market's going to move. Um, so you know if that gets got to six or seven, I guess uh, I'd be keener on the pies. But um, I, and I do think it will. Um, yeah, I think the Giants are just trimmed in as we've been speaking. Uh, oh really? Okay. So, so I'm, I'm I'm happy with a. Uh, uh, a plus bet on the Giants, if that's uh, if that's where you feel in. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yep. Okay, so we go what fifty? Maybe let's go sixty there, and uh, maybe we go forty on that over in the um, in the Brisbane uh, Carlton game. How about that? Sounds good. And uh, stats man, I know um, we've spent our two hundred, but maybe we can find an extra fifty in the kitty. Um, did we have one of those? Are any of those multis still worthwhile for the for the Brownlow? Um, you know, like yeah. JC and um, and Toby Green, perhaps? Or yeah, I was just pulling that up. I think if you wanted to throw Sicily in there with those two, uh, you could get about three seventy. Um, could be yep. worth doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, if and we, I don't. If we just did you want to... uh, Toby and JC? What does that get us? Uh, it's around evens. Uh, be two ten. Two ten. I still don't mind that. I still reckon that's uh, that's not too bad. I reckon Newcomb's probably going to drag a fair bit off Sicily. Um, you obviously follow it closer than I do, but let's we we need to bank some. We, we need to bank some here too, stats man. So uh, <laughs> so maybe we just go with Toby and JC for fifty. Um, was there any other ones that you thought were bankable? No, nah, not really. Um, they're probably the ones. I don't know if you want to put a bit on um, any of the outrights, Neil or Bonds. Um, We'll just leave it at that. I think we'll leave it at that. We've already overspent the budget by 50 bucks. Uh, so we'll get a little bit on for uh, for the Brownlow as well. Uh, boys, I think that's just about a wrap. We've uh, managed to stretch this out, talking about four games for a long, long time. So I'm sure the listeners have had enough of us. Statsman, it's great to see you. I think you've been best on ground tonight with your analysis. Um, can you sign us off? I certainly can, Mug. Uh, please remember to gamble responsibly, but most importantly, gamble to win.